You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. You're listening to NBC Sports Radio. Weekends. This is the Two Robbies Football Show. Your number one source for Premier League football. On NBC Sports Radio. Now, here are your hosts, Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl. Jose, a 3-1 defeat after a fabulous start. The game just got away from you there. Nothing. Nothing to say. Nothing to say about the game at all? Nothing. Nothing to say about the Lucas decision that left him on the pitch? Nothing. Nothing to say. The Costa clash? I've nothing to say. I'm so sorry, I've nothing to say. Do you not think it's time to have a chat to the fans just to give them some message, give them indication of your thinking? I'm not stupid. We heard them chanting your name. The fans are not stupid. You did say before this game that you weren't worried. Are you a little bit more worried now? No. I'm worried about what? Your future, your own position at the club, the backing of the board? No. Nothing about the game at all? No individual performance you'd like to pick out? <laughs> Nothing about the performance going ahead? <laughs> Nothing about the way we could fix it? I cannot say. Thank you for your time, Jose. <laughs> Just when you thought it gets as bad as it can be for Chelsea, it mm. gets worse. 3-1 home loss at home against Liverpool today. Robbie Earl. I'm Robbie Musto. Robbie Earl's here with me. Where do we start with this, mate? Go on. Where, where do we start? Well, you know, you're meant to tell me. Where do we start with this? Uh, I have nothing to say. Is he going to lose his job? The listeners are with me. I have nothing to say. Can, can he turn this around, Robbie Earl? <laughs> Listen, let, let, let's get to the <laughs> point. This thing started last May. Let's just go back to last May. He wins a title. They land the double. We are talking from that point on about, does this guy start to build a dynasty, leave a legacy? You have a long-term plan for this football club. Six months later... He's on the brink, and it, I don't think it will happen this weekend, but he's on the brink of losing his job with a similar group of players. What's gone wrong is something in that dressing room is, is, is bent, is probably broken, and I don't know if it's unrepairable to, to, to get back. And there's a, there's a will, there's an intensity, there's a, there's, a, there's a positivity that's missing from that dressing room that's causing them a problem, and if it continues, Jose Mourinho will be sacked. I think just before we get into that a little bit more, I am so disappointed, angry, mm. and upset with that press conference. Mm. The, he owes it to the fans, Rob, yeah, to try and explain sure. what's going on. This is a, a, a ploy, because I don't think he knows. I think we're in a, in, in, in a situation now where Jose Mourinho has never been in this situation before. Mm. He doesn't know, it appears to me, what to do or what to say about it. You know, and, and this thought of dynasty, this thought of being there for as long as a club want me, I just don't think he knows what to do in times of, of, of struggle. And it continues to get worse and worse with, I mean, limited signs that there's improvement. Yeah, you, you look, eventually we're looking on the football pitch, Rob, because that's where we can read yeah. what we, we try and read. And let's remember, this is a Chelsea team that within five minutes of 1-0 up, mm. 
then go back to old-style Mourinho. Mm. We'll sit back. We'll sit on a 1-0, and if we get a second, that's fine. But, but here, here's the first problem. This team aren't good enough to do what old Mourinho teams used to do, sit back and stop people, because they're not stopping attacks. They're porous. They're not getting to blocks. How many times I've seen defenders get beat, defenders allow crosses into the box. So this team can't do it in that way. So first of all, the first question I'm asking is, does Jose Mourinho know how to change things? Do they have to be a bit more on the front foot to keep possession of the ball? Because today, when they, they gave Liverpool possession, Liverpool started to enjoy some opportunities at goal. It's bad when we talk about Mourinho's kind of uh, standard position as being a strong foundation. Mm. You're basically mm. saying, and I'm not disagreeing, that the foundation is gone. It's done. Well, the well, likes of Cahill and John Terry look, look slow, Robbie, and they don't let, have that stability. Let me there. just go back to one, to one thing I, I always said with, with the successful Chelsea teams. The strength comes down the spine of your football club, your goalkeeper centre-backs, midfield two and front man. So let's just look at where Chelsea are this morning. They've got Begovic in the goal at the moment, Courtois injured. Begovic hasn't done too bad. Two centre-backs rotating who look today like they're on their last legs. Mm. You've got two central midfield players. His best two central midfield players are on the bench and he's got his two probably understudies playing in the middle of the field. And Diego Costa, bless him, is trying to run around in a huff and puff, but it looks like his technical quality has dropped a little bit. He's kind of intensity. So down the middle of the pitch, you add Eddie Hazard into that, who played central today, who couldn't get in the game. This team, this is a team with problems, Rob. And at the base of every spine, or at the top of every spine, let me tell you who sits, the manager. And when, that, when things aren't going right with him, I say somewhere down that, that system, there's a disconnect. Let's try and figure out what we would do to, to mm. try and make this better at Chelsea. Um, you said about the players on the bench, Matches and Seth Fabregas, they're some of the best midfield players in the, at the football club. And I know they've some had difficult times. Some of the best in times. Europe, by the yes. way, not just at the football club. So I say to you right now, OK, he's tried changing everything. He's tried changing personnel, dropping mm. defenders, rotating defenders, different midfield players. I think he goes back mm. to his best team, his best players. And I think pretty much of what we saw yeah. last year. The team picks itself. It picks itself. And, and I think he's got to try and attack his way out of it. Because I agree with you. I think that, that kind of... Um, counter-attacking, that solid way of playing that they managed the second half of last season is gone. And the players they've got with Oscar mm. and Hazard and Cesc Fabregas and Costa and Willian, they want to attack Robbie. Mm. And I think they're miserable. They're not effective when they're not doing that. The, the worst thing they did today was score so early. So they went back into this defensive mode. That, for me, is the way they're going to get out of it. But I'll ask you, mm. I've never seen Jose Mourinho for any period of time coach a team really well that is expansive and is attacking no, and is creating. So what does he do? But that's not his style, Rob. That's not his personality. Right. And one of the things we, we've said in this situation is, well, if he comes out the other side, if he gets a chance to come out the other side of this, this, this hole that he's got himself in, he'll be a better manager for it. And you know why he might be a better manager? Because he might have to sometimes look at himself, which I know he, he, isn't something that he, he does often. Happy to blame the fans, uh, sorry, the referees, the, the press, the pundits. But if he looks at himself, and I, I agree, maybe get the, the guys in, in the dressing room. We've been in the locker room and say, actually, you know what, guys, I, I, I might have got it wrong. I'll go back to that best team. Come on, let's get together. Let's show we're, we're a good team and, and let's get the, the players on side because there's certainly some kind of rift going on. There's certainly some kind of mistrust going on between him and some of his biggest and best players. And right now, he needs them. He needs them more than they need him. They'll still be Chelsea players by the end of the season. Jose Mourinho might not be the Chelsea manager. So let's get to that. Should he be fired? Do you think he'll be fired? Should he be? You know, are we going to talk next weekend or whatever 
with no manager there? Let me what, tell you, who, you who, who says he should be fired. Tim Sherwood sitting at home saying, hold on, eight defeats for me at Aston Villa, I got the sack. Brendan Rodgers is sitting somewhere watching the game saying, I was a Liverpool manager, that we were doing mid-table and I got sacked. But... You know what the butt is. This guy's is a winner he's and he's won. got seven trophies. He won a title. Here's a, the point for Brendan Rodgers. If Brendan Rodgers had won the title two seasons ago, he wouldn't have got sacked. He would have bought him the time. Jose's bought, bought himself time, but I'm not sure how much of that is left. If he goes away to Stoke next week and gets beat, if he goes away to Stoke, the Britannian, doesn't come away with results as he didn't in the League Cup, I think it could happen then, Rob. I think it could happen in that international break where there's a two-week window and it gives you two weeks to get somebody to come and hold the reins till the end of the season when you make a big decision who you want. I said on our show today that I want to see him over the next six games mm. come through it. Good with, luck with that. Yeah, I mean, games. he might not get there. If I'm the owner, I'm absolutely 100% giving him those six games to show me over that period of time that he, he is the right man to turn it around. Because this is almost a different job now, Rob. It's yeah. a different job. It's not really going into a new football club, making a few signings, revving them up, organising them, going out to win. This is, a, this is a recovery mission. He's never done it before because at this moment in time, he's normally out of the club. He's walked away or he's fired or he's looking at his next project. He's a project manager. He always has been. I think he always will be. Now, if we do see the six games, I still, my gut feeling is, mm. he ain't going to do enough to, to show his owner that he deserves to stay on. On a day to, like today, Robin, and we, we have to balance up, up the argument, did, did two big decisions go against him? One, should Lucas have been sent off with, with the second yellow card? Two, was more extra time played? I think we were into like 30, 40 seconds of, of additional time on the injury time when Coutinho scored. He's obviously unhappy with that. It's obviously why he didn't want to say anything in the press. Are things going against him now because of the, the situation? No. I'm, not, just, I'm, I'm trying I'm, to devil's I know advocate. You are, I know you are. And yes, he had a case with the Lucas foul. It was a second yellow, in my opinion. But then you have the Diego Costa, where he goes to ground, Rob. Mm. Same player, same sort of kick out. It's a violent kick out with his foot into the chest of the player. Skirtle. Martin Skirtle it Skirtle. was. That's a red card offence. And Klattenberg's right, right mm. there to, to see that. So, you know, you, you look at both things here. Well, yeah, you, I agree with you totally. And, and it's interesting, you know, because it, it's, we're, we're talking about Joseph May, should, should he stay in the job? There's plenty of people out there who's, who've been on Twitter, sent us some, some tweets. I got one for, from Des Veitch who says, sack Jose, retire Terry, get rid of Costa. You'll get better, keep thinking that. Yeah, and I've got one from OTM Management 888 saying, all systems fail for Chelsea Football Club. Abramovich should have sacked Jose Mourinho before the October international break. Hashtag Mourinho out. I, it's, it's tough. And it's mm. going to be interesting to see how the fans stick with yeah, him. I was going to say the fans is, is key now, isn't it? The results. fans. Yeah. If, if they stay with him, I, I think that just gives him enough time to, to stay in his job for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, well, time for a break, mate. And uh, in the second segment of the show, we have to talk about Jurgen Klopp's steady improvement at Liverpool Football Club. You're listening to the Two Robbies Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. We deserve it. That's the only I want to. I want to see that we that we are in the game that we um, try to to solve the problems we, we got in the game. That's what we did. We can do better. That's for sure. But for today, it was absolutely okay. And um, yeah, what I say, deserve it. Certainly yeah, evolution rather than revolution, Robin Musto, but we're starting to see signs of Jurgen Klopp and, and Liverpool. What impressed you most today? 
You know, I, I think the just the steady improvement. It's only been three league mm. games, and he's had other other games in other competitions. But just the way that he he showed us something in the first game against mm. Spurs, it was a kind of a, a new look defensive focus for Liverpool. Yep. The next game, Southampton was was more attack minded, Rob, but it, yep. it wasn't effective. It was very narrow, and the system changed. So I, I think that the fact that he's looked at that and thought, you know what, we were a little bit narrow. Let's play with Lucas alongside Chan. Let's push Milner out a little bit more to the right. Let's push Coutinho to the mm. left and just spread the game a little bit, uh, which came up. But also, by the way, and we can say everything about the manager and this yeah. performance, Coutinho finding yeah, form and doing yeah. that. That's pretty special. Doesn't half help, doesn't it, when you oh, got, yeah. you got when you hit yeah. your top players? I mean, I, I was looking at the contrast today between Eddie Hazard for Chelsea, who's in that number ten role, didn't get on the ball, couldn't get in good spots, couldn't really affect the game, and then Coutinho has two moments of magic, confidence starts to build, and all that. And it's really been interesting listening to Jurgen Klopp with his press conferences because I tell you what, Robbie, he's more than a large in life character, a bit of a clown on the on the on the sideline who's got this big personality and drives. He's tactically very, very smart. And he talked about looking at the opposition, working out the strengths and weaknesses, how he can work this team to be a little bit more offensive. And he said a couple of things that really stuck with me. He said transitions in football now are becoming mm. key. He said, when we're attacking, we have to know our defensive responsibilities. And when we're defending, we also vice versa have to know how we're gonna break and attack. And I think these are the start, kind of things he's starting to, to put into the minds of the Liverpool players in a different way, maybe, than Brendan Rodgers worked to. It was, it was also very tactically inept, but a little bit more in, into systems. And, and attacking. I mean, yeah. I, I think what you're seeing, even in this game, we saw a little bit of the Spurs stuff. Mm. They won the ball against Chelsea in good areas. You know, this counter-pressing. So when they lose the ball to, yeah. to Chelsea, instead of getting counted on, yeah. they'll win they it back, back again. Mm. So you've seen a little bit of that. We saw a little bit of possession. We saw a little bit of width. Firmino, as a striker, was a difficult one and, yeah. and maybe found it tough at times. But Benteke, I thought his subs were good at the right times. Benteke comes on and just mm. gives you so much more presence and so much more quality when he's got the opportunity around goal. And... I think, I think with Benteke, when he's going to be a regular number nine, I think the wide play is going to be critically important. Moreno's got to be a bit better on that. I think Klein's got to be a bit, bit better. But I talk about belief now from mm. the players, from the fans to say, you know what? We're seeing little changes and they're making a difference. Do you know as well, Robin, and we're, you can talk systems and 4 3 two, one, and Christmas trees and, and all the rest. Do you know what else helps when you, 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 you're in Jurgen Klopp's position in the football club? Some positive energy. A guy yeah. who celebrates his, his, his team's goals. You know, let's remember that Chelsea went 1-0 up and Jose Mourinho looked and, and wasn't too happy and sat down. This guy's jumping around. He's getting involved. I see him arguing with a couple of the Chelsea coaches. Brilliant. Brilliant. Standing yeah, up for great. his football team. This is a guy who was going to make an impression on the league and on his football club. And you look in contrast to what's happening in the other touchline and it was, it was chalk and cheese. Yeah, I mean, chalk and cheese as well for the, the press conferences. And mm. I know it's very different. Mourinho's under uh, severe pressure. But, I mean, there couldn't be any different in their demeanour, in their attitude to the journalists. Mm. Klopp kind of, you know, and I know he's new and maybe he's going to get dragged down by the pressure after a period of time. But just that the two of them just struck me as being so different. But I guess now, Rob, we've got to think, well, what's this Liverpool squad capable of? Mm. I mean, what, what are their targets going to be? I think this is a, this is a game-changing moment in their season where... We could all be. thought could be could be. We all thought, you know what? I'm not sure they've got enough good players in attacking areas to really threaten yeah. the top four. But when you look at what's happened to Chelsea, yeah. we're going to go on and talk about Manchester United a little bit later in the show. They must feel good about themselves of having a real run at the top four. Two big, two big questions that have to be answered. One: Can they keep Christian Benteke fit enough on the pitch? 
Two, can they get Daniel Sturridge out on the football pitch? If you had that, those two players playing at the height of the game on a regular basis, and I know you've got Ings maybe to come back late later on if things work out for him, but if you get two top strikers to add to what you, you're starting to see in terms of the tactics and the way they play, they might might just have an outside chance of a, of a top four spot. I, I think it's better than that, Rob. Do you? I think it's better than that. I, th- I think I it's think, better than that. I think there's going to be a few bumps, Rob. I think yeah. we're seeing a good side. It's a new manager coming in. I think there's bumps still. I still think that defensively, Moreno worries me a little bit from, from a defensive mm. point of view. It's caught out the, again today. Yeah, the, the back two at times, I, find, I said they're a bit of an odd pairing. I know they get the job done, but I still think there's a little bit of work to do for, the, for this club. How do they play Benteke and Sturridge in the same team? Are you worried now? Because I think we have no. seen a little bit of tactical yeah, kind of... Yeah, I think at times that maybe Sturridge might start on that left-hand side and drift, Rob, and, and come in from that position that we've seen or start on the right-hand side. We know he likes to come in for combination plays. We saw today when, it, when he played Coutinho, Lallana, even, <laughs> hard enough to say for me, and for me, no, at times he said to him, wherever one plays at the top, you're going to be the lead striker. The other two just find your positions underneath. He gives... Good players, intelligent players, licensed to go and roam and cause teams problems. I think he might do that with the front team, maybe of, of storage on one side, Coutinho somewhere else, and Benteke underneath. Just a couple of tweets that we got from Liverpool fans talking about it, and uh, Ricky the Who tweeted us to say, no more silly formations with guys playing, uh, being played out of position. Greg, you'll never walk alone. One tweets, fourth place is wide open. After November 21st, Liverpool have played all of last season's top five away from... Amfield, favourable second half. I think it's a point there, Rob. I yeah. think, particularly now with the conference and the newness of the manager, and the, I, you know what, as a player, I loved a manager that had a strategy, and mm. I felt this is different, this is yeah. new. I believe in it, and I think that's what we're seeing right now. And the naysayers might say this is still the new manager kind of pushing, and the new players will react off a new manager. I think there's more than that with this guy and how he started. Yeah, Chelsea have been a bit of a bogey team for, for Liverpool. It's their first win in nine in all competitions for Liverpool. That has got to bring a belief. That has got to bring a confidence in this group of players to believe they got the right man. And, and you know what, Rob? If things were different, if Jurgen Klopp hadn't taken the Liverpool job and things were as they are now, he could well be in line to have, have taken over the Chelsea job. You know, just, I'm not sure who's out there for Chelsea to, to, to mm. take the job right now. Guardiola, they're talking about, will be great. Simeone, they'd have to get him out of a big contract. If Klopp was available and not attached to a club, he might just have made Chelsea push the trigger a little bit quicker and installed him as their manager. I think it's a fascinating point of view. I think the, the fact that he was available, he was on this uh, kind of vacation mm. time, all the owners must have been thinking about getting yeah. this guy. Mourinho had a poor start, and it was suggested by plenty of people in the media that, that, that Klopp would have been perfect for that job as well. So I think it's fascinating. I think it's great to see. Um, i got to say, I'm enjoying what I see so far. My, my buddy's a big Liverpool fan. He couldn't be happier right now. It's time for us uh, to take another break, Robbie. We'll be back in the third segment to talk about Manchester United. Disappointing again today. Arsenal 3-0 victory against Swansea City was impressive. Man City as well with a 2-1 victory late beating Norwich City. So much more to talk about. You're listening to The Two Robbies on NBC Sports Radio. Back in a minute. Welcome back to the show. Let's make a statement. Fall is here and the Home Depot's guaranteed low prices on paint have made updating any room in your house more affordable than ever. Exclusively at the Home Depot is bare premium plus paint and primer in one with an easy to clean finish. This paint, durable paint can save you more time and money with fewer coats. Visit homedepot.com slash paint for details. 
The Home Depot, more saving, more doing. Manchester United, another nil-nil at Crystal Palace this mm. time. Robbie, how concerned should the fans be of this current level of performance? Very concerned, Rob. Not in the possession and control, which wasn't great today, but I think that's what we know they can do. But in the last third of the pitch, they've become predictable, slow, laboured, lack of threat, lack of quality and guile. And they've got a captain who at the moment playing in the top position in, in the, in, as a striker is causing the team a, a huge problem. And that's something that Louis van Gaal is going to have to rectify, Rob, if they're going to make a top four spot. Absolutely. I mean, I think the fact that the possession game was as bad as it was today is, is more of a worry than anything. Because if I, I see United as being better defensively, they have a controlling games in possession, which mm. I like, right? It's got a lot of criticism from people yeah, about it. It's not great on the eye at well, times. I'm telling you, it's not that in, general, in general, Rob, yeah, I like okay. it. Okay. And my thought for United is the attacking players are not good enough right now. They're not playing that well enough to make them an effective team. Van Gaal has solved defensive issues for Manchester mm. United. He's got another problem and an issue to solve with their attacking play, yep. okay? But this performance... The Crystal Palace, where other teams have gone there and got great results, worries me because there was no sign of the possession game, that control that they normally get. And I knew that Louis van Gaal would be disappointed about it. And here's what he said afterwards. I think the first uh, quarter of the first half, it was it was disastrous. We, we, we lose every uh, second and third ball. And in the second half, uh, we didn't play anymore. And that was our problem. And... Uh, we are uh, normally uh, capable to play our positional uh, game. But today, uh, we could not uh, develop that. Yeah, and I get all that, Louis. And I get your point, Rob, in, in controlling the game and controlling the tempo and working the ball. But when, you, when you're in trouble, when, when you need to get out, when you're not playing well, forwards and centre-forwards can win your games, can, can make things happen, can beat some uh, dribble past a defender, can, can bend a ball in. Manchester United look devoid of those type of players. Well, the threat in behind teams is, is, is nil. The, the Crystal Palace are not worried at all about anybody going in behind. One matter wants to come inside and play. Wayne Rooney hasn't got the pay to go behind. Martial is a combination player, likes to bump passes off and, and generally run inside onto his stronger right foot. There's no threats down the sides. There's nobody running in behind with pace who's going to hurt you. So they're becoming almost predictable. All the plays now in front of, of the defenders. And for three games running now to, to not score goals for Manchester United, maybe Paul Scholes is right. Maybe he, he wouldn't get goals himself if he was playing in this team because the speed and the craft that's required in Manchester United teams that we've seen over the years is badly missing. Let me just, uh, there's a tweet that got very similar to that. Rob Kowalski has tweeted, United lack pace. Rooney, mm. Mata, Schweinsteiger, Fellaini can't outrun anyone. Correct. Martial only threat is out wide. So, so I, so I get that. Mm. But back on your last statement there about Paul Scholes yeah. and playing this United team, I, it's hard not to agree with him with the way that they play. But I still think Rob that a bigger problem for Manchester United when they attack is not so much. I know it's still a problem, but not so much the style and the strategy and the pace and the control. I just don't think there's a, a good enough attacking players there, Rob. Mm. If they've got enough, lots of possession, which they normally do yep. in games, right? 
then, then the, the attacking players should receive plenty yeah, ball. ball in the right and, areas of the pitch. And right, so go and do something. Yeah. They're not doing anything. Uh-huh. Memphis has not done anything. Martial is mm. not a wide left. Rooney is playing poorly at the moment. Mata does his little things from that side. Herrera, you know, in the number 10 role, Rewind. I'm not really sure about Good. that. Rewind. So the players aren't doing it, Rob, more, in my opinion, than a bad strategy. Rewind. Wayne Rooney isn't doing it. Yep. What do you do about it then? He's captain of your football club, but Rob, if he's not if he's not doing it, does he not have to come out of the team? Does he have a divine so gonna... right to play? I know I'm asking you the question. Yeah, well, I, I know where you're coming from. So you're going to play Ashley, Ashley Young on, on the left? You would rather have Ashley oh. Young in a team more than Wayne Rooney right now? bring Memphis in on the left and, and put Martial, Martial yeah. back in, in yeah. his lead position. You've got legs, you've got a little bit more pace. You've taught Mo, uh, Memphis a lesson, putting him out of the team a little bit. All I st- I'm saying is there's no divine right for Wayne Rooney. I still think Rooney's better in the in a hole. Ten. In the yeah, 10. Right. And he's got to have still the pace. Do that. He's got to have the pace of him. I think he's got to bring Memphis back into the team as poorly as he was playing. He's a good athlete. He, can, he has got a little bit of creativity. He's got to learn lessons. He's got to get better. But we know there's a player in there waiting to come out. Rob. Before we move on to Arsenal, I think Manchester United look dodgy for a top four spot. This is early, but the, what I'm seeing, how can it get any better, by the way? You know, very little to come in. I think yeah. they're going to have a tough time finishing the top four. Well, Chelsea's run of form. The opportunity of two spots being available behind Manchester City and Arsenal, I think, will be the top two. I think Manchester United make it this year. A team that's definitely going to be in the top four, at least, and uh, challenging for the title is Arsenal. Hold on, say that again. Challenging challenging for the title. I've always said they're going to challenge. I didn't say they're going to do it, but they're absolutely going to challenge. Come on. 3-0 away from home. And what what I think at the moment with Arsenal is that they're beating teams easier than anybody else at the moment. When they're going away from home in, in tough situations... They're taking control. The attacking players are performing. Didn't play that well today, Rob. I've got to be honest. They, they didn't play that well, but got it done. But they're, getting it, they're getting it done better yeah. than anybody else. Yeah, and they're getting it done on places like... This was a game, I'm telling you, half the journalists were going to that game saying, ah, they'll have a slip up here. Big game against Bayern Munich coming up in midweek. This is where Arsenal let things go. Two injuries in midweek. Joel Campbell making his first, first Premier League start for the club. This is one they'll, they'll slip up. This is Arsenal. Let me tell you, a 3-0 win, pretty comfortable without having to go into to the big gears. Still in good shape to go to, to play, face Bayern Munich in midweek. Things are ticking along nicely for Arsene Wenger. And what a turnaround for the season for two managers. Start of the season, Jose Mourinho and all that he was going on about. And Arsene Wenger kept his counsel, had a belief in his squad, and it's proving right. Now, the injuries are still a worry. When you lose Walcott and you lose Oxlade-Chamberlain in a five-minute spell in the League Cup, that's beyond... Bad luck. That, that's bad management. Something isn't yes, right at the football club. I agree with that. Yeah. That they need to do because Arsenal cannot afford this season with the opportunity that's available for injuries to undermine their title challenge. Arsenal lost both times against Swansea last season. Mm. And I think it's telling that this was a, a comfortable victory. Um, consistency is, is what they have to bring to the equation. Differences that we're seeing from Arsenal, in my opinion. Better goalkeeper. Yep. Until, yeah. until recently, and the majority... Better with injuries, but Mesut Ozil's a difference, Rob. He's a difference. Yeah, he's, he's playing much better. Sanchez is still getting your goals. He's still giving you the flair. Giroud. He's a big Frenchman. <laughs> Six in 11. Okay. Three in three. He's a little bit better. Walcott's getting a chance to play up front and added some goals as well. Yep. So this is making them better. Let me tell you, the, the one player who they can't afford to lose, Francis Coughlin. If Coughlin mm. gets injured, if Coughlin's out for three or four weeks, problem. 
And that might be something Arsene Wenger might want to redress in, in, the, in the transfer window for the second half of the season. But right now, Rob, they're bubbling along nicely. At times, they're not playing at, at full capacity, but they, they have got goal sets in, in comparison to Manchester United. They can get goals from different areas of the pitch. And Arsene's just keeping his counsel and keeping his team in the right place. Have you seen a better header than Nicholas Otamendi for Manchester City against Norwich? Wow. I mean, that Height, was a, a, outstanding. Neck. Wow. And, and this, this fellow, I tell you, because Mangala started the season well, you know, and, and it, he probably would feel he's a little unlucky to be out the side. But when you see Otamendi's defending, he's a real man. He's got threat in the box. At both boxes, he, he can have an influence on the game. It looks like good business. And it's a good win this for City. I know it's a difficult game and, and they kind of had their, their sort of problems, but... They've won again without Aguero, without Silver, and that was what we talked about when those two guys were missing. Can City keep this run going and wait for those big players to come back? By the time we get back from the international break, they've probably got their, their, their big stars back together. Then that squad starts to look really strong. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the, the, the more game weeks go by, it's obvious to me that this is between Arsenal and Manchester City. Again, United uh, struggled. And as you said, Aguero's not available. Don't forget Leicester Silver's City, not... by the way. Leicester City yeah. up to third. Well, Claudio. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic credit for them, but I just think with with City, I mean, he's, he's starting to be a little bit more defensive, Rob, with some of the substitutions. De Bruyne mm. is coming off, and I know they've got Champions League coming up, but I just think it's an impressive squad of players. Joe Hart's mistake in the game will be a concern because yeah, he's not very, very good. he made a good save good. after, to be fair. He, he made a decent save after to, just to keep things alive. So, listen, that's going to happen, Rob. It's, it's tough times, but it's one of those occasions where, um, you know, City, it's about the points more than performance, and that was where City were today. Right, it's about time we took our last break before we look at the other weekend's game. Spurs against manager Laston Villa, Everton against Swansea, and the New Forest Derby, Southampton facing Bournemouth. You're listening to Two Robbies Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio. We've got a few more games this weekend, and we're going to touch on them all. First game tomorrow morning, 8.30. Everton versus Sunderland and, and Everton's expectations for the season, Rob. What are you thinking mm. for them right now? Well, it's a game you've, you've got to win if you're Everton. Form's not been great at home. Um, big Sam against little Roberto. It's, it's a mismatch in terms of weight uh, class between those two. But <laughs> Everton um, haven't quite found their rhythm yet. We'll be looking to impose themselves on and control the game a little to- bit more and, and, uh, and affect the game, especially I think you were talking about those wide areas of the pitch where... You know, it's it, unsettled, Rob, isn't it? It's unsettled. Yeah, it's not quite been as we'd like. They almost need a, a decent result. I know since, God rest his soul, Howard Kendall passed away. It's almost like there's, there's been a bad vibe around this football club. They haven't been able to, to find their, their normal life. And, and, and also, to be fair, they've had a very difficult start to the season. I've liked what I've seen mm, from lots game. of them. I think a big positive is that Ross Barkley, three goals, three assists. Romelu Lukaku, five goals, two assists, are playing well in the central area. But as you were saying, Deo Fellow sometimes on the right-hand side. Mm. Aaron Lennon's been on the left-hand side. Naismith has been in, did great, scored goals, and now he's out again. I like um, well, the, the wide player. Comes Lennon. on his sub. Morales. Oh, Morales. Sorry, yeah. Kevin Morales. I think he mm. should be a starting player. I yeah. like him. Sometimes he, I'm he's not a sure where his head I is, can, but, I know, he's, a, but he's a bit of a hot head. He makes them better, in my opinion. It big sound. Interesting for, for Sunderland, because yes. um, big win. Should get some confidence last weekend in the time we're derby. But, Rob, I didn't think they played well at all. I thought they were, they were really poor in the first half, got themselves ahead, got the goals in, in the second half and sending off help. But a lot to do for Big Sam. Jermaine Defoe's got to be in that team. He, he's certainly one of the best 11 players in, in that football 
squad. John O'Shea injury, not sure if he'll be fit. That'll be a big miss. But I think they take a point from this game as it stands. All day long. I don't think I don't think Sam cares about how they play, Rob. You know, <laughs> no, the Newcastle game. Yeah, I mean, he's got the result. I think he wants to stop them conceding goals. That's been the big problem. How do you see and this think, one going, mate? Um... I, I, think, I, think it's, win. I think it's a draw. I think Sunderland will yeah, go there and will frustrate them. Wow. One one I'm going for. Come on, let's move it on then. They're calling it the new Forest Derby, Southampton versus Bournemouth. Southampton team that I think are finding their rhythm a little bit. It was a good result for them to a one one draw at Liverpool at Anfield last time out. Against a Bournemouth team that are riddled with injuries, mm. that are starting to find it difficult in the league, shipping goals all over the place. Arthur Burrich, the goalkeeper's throwing them in, Rob. Eddie Howe, can he steady the ship? Very difficult, very difficult. And, and to be fair to him, he's continued in the same style, very open, attacking football. They do dominate some games with possession because that's the way they play. But of course, when it turns over, they're vulnerable at the back. And as you said, Mings, Gradel, Callum Wilson, Christian Atsu, Elphick now, key players yeah. that are injured. I, I like Southampton. I like what Ronald mm. Kuhn was doing. And you think about it, he always seems to get the best out of his squad. Yeah. And again, a little bit like Everton with those front players, Pella and Sadio Mane mm. are doing the business, scoring goals and looking really good for them. So, you see Southampton in that one? Can't see I Bul- absolutely see Southampton. Bournemouth, Bournemouth would be love a point, I think, Bournemouth there, just to stop the rot. Yeah, he would, would love it, but I just can't see it. I think Southampton are finding a little bit of form and the front players are playing well. Okay, mate. Really interesting game on Monday. I'm sure Tim Sherwood will have his eye on. He won't be managing Aston Villa. Managers Aston mm. Villa go to White Hart Lane Spurs. Hitting a bit of form. Harry Kane scoring goals. Things looking up for Pochettino and the men. Really like Spurs, Rob, this year. I really like them. I think defensively mm. they made that a priority in the transfer window. Alderweireld has been excellent next to Jan Vertonghen. The goals against Colum has gone right down. Walker's been there as well. And in midfield, yeah, Bentaleb like was, a, was a key player. Yeah, like Eric Dyer's been a key player. Mm. And they've rotated. Deli Ali's come in. Moussa Dembele's done very yeah. well. All of a sudden, defensively strong, Midfield, great running, and Harry Kane starting yeah. to score goals. Young team, Rob, who all look like they enjoy playing together, look like they enjoy working hard together. We all can, can all do a little bit more, I think. I think we can see more from Ericsson. I think Harry Kane's coming on to his game. People like Lamella's looking like he's enjoying playing now in the team and knows his role a little working bit. Working hard as well. Working hard. And Eric Dyer's been a colossus in the midfield. I know he, he, he got suspended five yellow cards, but that almost I don't mind that, you know, for, for Tottenham. A little bit of commitment to midfield. It's been a bit too soft at times for, for them. I have to talk about Aston Villa quickly. Remy God looking as though he, he might come in for the job. Yeah, I think um, there's an Arsenal connection there. Tom Fox, mm. the CEO at uh, Villa, was an ex-Arsenal man. They know Remy Gard from his Arsenal days. You know, the French-speaking element with the new signings at the club makes sense as well. It's a bit of a kind of a, a left-field uh, rumour, or it would be an appointment, but I don't mind it. I think nowadays, Rob, we've seen so many different player, uh, managers coming in. And this looks more and more like a short-term situation. They ask a coach to come in and do the business. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be fascinating. But again, I just, I just feel for sure. But I think it was too early. Uh, Kevin McDonald will take over. And who knows what kind <laughs> what of gonna what system, who's going to play. Is, is Jack Grealish going to be important? Uh, Bakuna looks like he's in midfield. Jested. Is he, how can you get more out of that guy mm, yeah. to score more goals? It's going to be a difficult season, in my opinion, for Villa to stay up. Can only see one result, that one at White Hart Lane, mate. I can only see a Tottenham win you. Me, me too, yeah. Easy first Spurs. Well, another dramatic day in the Barclays Premier League. And don't forget to subscribe to iTunes to be able to download all the Two Robbies radio shows. And you can catch a Two Robbies podcast each and every week. And now time for us to reward the best tweet of the day. I'm sponsored by worldsoccertalk.com. And the, the mug goes to Des Veitch, who said, 
get rid of Jose, get rid of John Terry, get rid of Diego Costa, and things will be okay. So make sure your direct message is your address, and we'll pop that in the post. And remember, you can catch those two men in blazers for their unique take on the Premier League. That's Monday, 11 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. Yeah, nice work, Mr. Earl, and thanks for everybody for getting involved to let us know how you feel about your club. We'll be back next Saturday, 5 p.m. Eastern time here on NBC Sports Radio for more banter between the two Robbies. Until then, it's good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good Good night. Napa know-how. Keeping it simple is usually a good thing. And when it comes to rewards programs, keeping it simple is always a good thing. That's why we made the Napa Rewards program effortless. All you need is your phone number to start saving on the parts and tools you need. Then we automatically give you $5 off your next purchase for every 100 you spend. So start saving today with Napa Rewards. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.